Season 2 The New Paradigm Podcast The New Paradigm Podcast Welcome to Season 2 of the New Paradigm Podcast. We are your hosts, Galia Brahim and Jess Garcia. We are self-transformational life coaches. We inspire you to break free from limiting beliefs. We share our unique views on mental health, self-development, spirituality, and sovereignty. In this season, we'll have special guests sharing their inspiring story and their field of work to motivate you to step more into your power and manifest your best life. To learn more about our work and mentorship programs, visit us at schoolsofconsciousness.com. Ranjita Singh, MD, aka Dr. Rani, is a wellness consultant, personal trainer, holistic life coach, and urban healer. She has spent over 15 years in the health and wellness industry. From kinesiology and medicine to personal training, ancient medicine, and spirituality. What she hopes to share with people is education and wisdom. Welcome to the New Paradigm Podcast. Today we have a special guest, Rani Singh. Please, Rani, can you tell us more about your practice and your work with clients? We would love to know. Oh my gosh, there's so many different things. (laughs) Um, I'm a wellness consultant, which I think I incorporate the holistic life coaching under that umbrella. Um, But I'm also a personal trainer. I've embraced that part of me because I love the human body so much. And I love being able to be one-on-one with clients and teach them about like their muscles and how they move and what it should feel like, you know, while they're in their body doing the movement. Um, And I guess just mostly that like self-love kind of just falls into the umbrella of wellness. That's beautiful. And actually um, I can completely relate with you, especially when it comes to working one-on-one with someone and mm-hmm. really like integrating also as we continue to work on ourselves, better ourselves, and we're transforming our practice always transforms. Right. And the way that yes. health and fitness, which then of course we can still embrace the personal training part, but we can then incorporate other dimensions. And this leads me to ask you what led you to wellness and what is your personal definition of wellness? Ooh, those are good questions. Um, What led me to wellness is incorporating everything that I've learned in so far in my, I'll just say post high school years. Um, So incorporating kinesiology, incorporating medical school, incorporating the spiritual knowledge that I've sought on my own um, and kind of combining it all to embrace the whole, whole body health a perspective um, in mind, body, and soul. And that's what led me to wellness. I tried niching myself in the past and I just, it didn't feel right. And I think the word wellness kind of incorporates everything as far as um, physical health, mental health, emotional health, and spiritual health. And then my personal definition of wellness 
would have to be feeling content, feeling content on all those four levels I just talked about. So physical health, mental health, emotional health, and spiritual health. If I can feel content in all four aspects of that, then I'm embodying the wellness that I want to present to people. I love this. It's uh, an expanded view of what wellness is and healing is because it's all about this, you know, multidimensional aspect of it. And I think it's important to embrace it. Mm-hmm. And I love this question because it's so relevant with what I want to ask you now. What is your experience actually combining Eastern medicine, Ayurveda, and Western medicine in your practice? Mm, that's a good question. I think when it comes down to it, there's experts in everything, right? There's experts in Ayurveda, like doctors in it. There's experts, obviously, in Western medicine. And I think what I enjoy about what I've pulled from both is that my understanding of this higher knowledge, I guess you could say, because that's how people view these forms of education, is that I have this ability to be able to translate it to my clients in layman's terms, right? So I don't have to throw the big words, the big Sanskrit words at them. I can find some sort of English metaphor or analogy that I may have learned in Western medicine. Um, And even the big Latin root form words of Western medicine, right? Like I can pull those and I can, I have the capacity to be able to educate my client in from both regards in a manner in which they'll understand it because obviously they didn't go to medical school and they didn't go to an Ayurvedic school. Like if I were to just throw, you know, these words at them just like this, they're going to look at me like, the hell are you talking about? Right. So I think, I I don't even know if that answers the question. Did I answer the question correctly? (laughs) Yes. I mean, that's definitely like what you're speaking about, like this uh, combination of Ayurveda and Western medicine in your own practice, because obviously like you have your own practice. So using these two uh, different, right. uh, Ways and modalities, you know, how does, yeah. How do you implement that? Yeah. And and it's very, it's geared very personally to each client, because obviously they're coming from different regards, right? So there could be someone that's more science-based. So I can provoke, I love to provoke questions. So instead of just saying, this is the way, this is how you're supposed to do it because it's how I learned it. It's no, like, here's an example. Do, Do you understand it? Does it make sense? And can you implement it? Right? So it's, it's asking the client the questions of understanding and comprehension versus me just saying, do it like this because it works, but it may not work for that person, right? They have to try it. They are their own experiment. So depending on the client, I'm going to bring either the Western scientific knowledge in an applicable manner, or I'm going to bring the ancient medicine, depending on the client, if they're open to receive it, right? Mm-hmm. Not everyone's open to receive ancient medicine, because they only know Western medicine. So then it's how can I bring the kinesiology knowledge? How can I bring the nutritional knowledge? Because that's, you know, that's stuff you don't learn in medical school. So it's like, mm-hmm. thankfully, I have that to be able to give uh, and help, you know? That's beautiful. So it's very intuitive. Yes, yes, very intuitive. 
And I can imagine actually this is also not very like Western either when it comes to <laughs> because again, you know, when, when it comes to Western medicine, it's definitely not about following your intuition. So I feel like even that in itself in your practice is already like tuning into a different way and definitely more expanded and multidimensional. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of a lot of people I'm seeing are starting to realize that the Western conventional aspect regarding certain health conditions is not feasible long-term or you have to be on some sort of pharmaceutical for long-term. And there's people that don't want that. There's people that don't want to be on medications. They want to know a more natural method. And, and we have to be able to, what's the word? um, present that, you know, like these are other options. If you don't want to be on a medication the rest of your life, if you do want to get to the root cause of something, you know, there it it's out there, but exactly. it's the openness to exactly. it and the belief with it. The belief is the, the most powerful aspect of trying these. I mean, that's why a placebo effect even works, right? Like it's the belief. And, you know, I'm very curious, actually, about your experience as med student. I would love for you to share with us what was your experience like when you were a med student? And now looking back, right, what is something that you feel that needs to improve in that system? There's a lot that needs to improve in that system, but it's a system for a reason, right? That, that's why we're <laughs> using the word system. <laughs> I used to question that a lot in medical school is it's Western disease management is a revolving door. It has become a business. So it really, when I was in school, it really made me question a lot of what's happening because what I realized, one of the things that kind of clicked when I was in school was what things are legal in our society and what are not. And I'm grateful that I was already a few years into my spiritual journey when I started medical school, um, because my faith and understanding of a higher power is what got me through medical school. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because there's times where it's like, how the hell am I going to get through this? Like, but okay, I'm here for a reason. I trust that this reason it's, it's something greater than me. Right. Um, but yeah, what, one of the things that did click like, or light bulb, like why alcohol and cigarettes, right? Legal in the United States, but it's also things you get addicted to. And they're both things that cause major health problems. So if you keep a substance like that legal, it allows that revolving door of the hospital, right? Okay. Alcohol, liver problems, cigarettes, hypertension, lung issues, right? And then you go, oh, doctor, what's wrong with me? Well, you're smoking and you're drinking. Okay, well, what can I take to help alleviate? Blah, 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 right? So you start taking the medications now. So that's another stressor on the body, liver, kidneys, right? But guess what? I can take this medicine and I can still continue drinking my alcohol and smoking my cigarette. So I go back out that revolving door and I can do those things legally, right? Heaven forbid. I mean, thankfully now in States, there's like, medicinal marijuana and they're starting to even pass um psilocybin for medicinal purposes. Mm-hmm. Um why why are these things 
that cause that revolving door to be legal. And yet these things that actually help or can possibly get you to the root cause of your problem, not right. But there's no money in that. <laughs> they want sick people in order to make money. The yeah. more that people are sick, the more money they're making off of these pills and these doctor visits. Exactly. If healthy. We don't need them. Exactly. Exactly. So that was one of the things if I had to look at the system and what could possibly be fixed <laughs> in the system. Every, I've had someone ask me recently about integrative medicine, how they're trying to bring in um, Eastern philosophy into uh, resident U.S. residencies and stuff. But there, there's still that issue, right? Because what's funding these programs? What's funding the disease management care in America, right? I'm not even going to call it healthcare because it's not. Okay, and, and so there's still, <laughs> huh? KFC. KFC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like. That's true, though. That's true, though, because like when you see actually the sponsors, you'll be surprised to see like the type of sponsors they have. KFC, McDonald's, like well, this type of sponsors, like, it, it can be it can sound crazy, but it's actually happening. So, yeah, there's definitely like this war on sugar as well. And, yeah. you know, like this intention that they put in your head, like you need more sugar, you need more sugar and people get addicted to sugar and then they develop, you know, like sicknesses, you know. So it's just uh, to see, you know, like all like what's happening. So I feel like for you, it was more like ethical. It was also like causing, you know, like this like problem, like within yourself, like in a way that, okay, is it actually ethical to be a doctor? You know? Yeah. yeah. And, and again, like I said, I'm grateful that I had already established some sort of spiritual connection with myself while doing it. And I know I've shared with Jess the story in the past, um, with the guy when I was doing my uh, infectious disease rotation with the ICU and like the, like for me, it was like, okay, there's a power in prayer. Like I saw the patient I was assigned to, he was in a certain state. And aside from like taking his vitals and things like that and having to report back to the doctor, like I would pray for the man, you know? Mm -hmm. And the next thing I knew he was downgraded from ICU to med surge. And that, I mean, when you work in a hospital, that's a, that's a good thing. You want them to be moved from ICU to like med surge. And then eventually from med surge to be discharged, to go home, because it means you don't have to be there anymore. And he couldn't communicate there. He was like, I don't know. I don't remember if he was intubated or not. Um, I don't think he was, but I know he wasn't talking because even when I went to visit him in the med surge room, I just looked at him and as I looked at him, I was just like thanking God. And, and he just was just like there kind of just looking at me, but it was like, you know, when you see someone and you just make that eye contact and it's just this like knowing this just mm -hmm. like inner knowing. And I was just like, I'm too spiritual at this point to not pray while I'm still taking care of someone in, in that setting. Right. So it's like, if the power of prayer works, it's going to help the power of belief or something. And, and that too. Yeah, totally. Having faith, it's powerful and it's necessary. Yeah. This is a, the next level that needs to be integrated is this power, this higher power, this faith. Yeah. And then that's originally, of course, you know, what science is in Ayurveda, right? It's this integration. Yeah, very much. And it's something that's lacking in, I want to say, yes, definitely in this country, but like, I think slowly throughout the world too, it seeped in that this lack of faith or connection to something higher, because 
I mean, if you look back on history, right, the whole reason America, they kept separation of church and state, right? That's why the British that wanted to leave religious persecution came to America, right? So it's like, they want to keep it separate, but there's something, I get that you want to keep religion separate, right? That's a, it's indoctrinated belief system. But like, what it also did was it took people away from their spirit, mm. right? So whether you have religion or not, it, it created a divide from your own spirit. And what I feel like I'm seeing now more than anything in this world is that people are just seeking that connection again, especially people that are um, struggling with like mental health issues or emotional issues. I think it's just, they're so confused because there's such a lack of a connection to their own spirit or soul because that's how they've been brought up to not to have these views of religion or spirituality because it's, it's a lack of understanding of it as well. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that a big thing going forward, if we want to see like contentment or joy or a positive direction in mental health and emotional health is, is that reconnection uh, to the self, to the soul, to the spirit yeah. within, you know, yeah. that is your light. Coming back to our, our wholeness and remembering that, we have always had this power, this source. Yeah. Yes. As we were so separated just because of the systems that were created actually for mind control. Yeah. Then these programs obviously have made us feel disconnected, but it's, it's here for us. It's just a matter of if we're willing Mm. or not. Yeah. And sometimes something so drastic happens that you're forced to tap into it because it's like, the going this way has led you only to discontentment, to unhappiness, to, and then it's finally like, ding, maybe I should try the other way. <laughs> and then yeah. you start seeing that joy, that contentment and like, oh my God, I can feel these things within myself. Like, holy crap. Right. And it's then you want to just keep going that way. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And it's again, this fragmentation that is actually necessary. Because when you feel fragmented, you want to move forward, you know, like you want to break free from this mm-hmm. mental prison or whatever is keeping you, you know, like trapped. Mm-hmm. So I think it's necessary. We need to come out of it, of this fragmentation by reconnecting us with our true essence. Yeah. So we can come into this place of embodiment. So we can come into this place of wholeness. Which yeah. And only true spirit, mm-hmm. only true this dimension of our being, we can find, you know, like this wholeness within. So yeah, yeah, definitely powerful. And I love that you are mentioning it and you are just like talking about it in your practice because we need more people like you. We need I, more I, people, I know, can't turn it off anymore. <laughs> awesome. It's great. I used, I used to be afraid to talk about it because it's just, what are people going to think? Right. But I don't know, something shifted in the, in the past year that it's just like, you can't, I can't like, it's, it's something greater than me that is just, people need it. Right. Time so you had this short chakra activation and then you couldn't stop speaking. Yeah. <laughs> now, and now it's time for you to speak because yeah. it is the time more than ever to yeah. speak about that. Yeah. I love this. And you talking about it, it just, you know, like makes me want to ask you something about your personal experience, you know, like what is this major event that happened in your life that really transformed you? You know, I can't, 
I don't think you can ever pinpoint one thing. I question that about myself a lot because I, I read, you know, other people's books or I watch other people's stories. Right. And, and there's always this like profound thing that's happened in their life. Like I was reading your, the book you wrote and um, I'm not finished with it, which is why I haven't reviewed it yet. I have to be authentic in that. Right. Um, And I really like to take it in, but I was reading the first part of it. And I've only like seen your stories when it comes to like what trauma you've experienced and whatnot. So reading it was way more powerful because when you read it, you're, you're actually in your mind feeling and experiencing the words that are written. Right. And so I could feel what you went through reading that base and understanding that, okay, wow, this is something like intense. Right. And it makes me sad that someone has to go through something like this, but at the same time, I see your growth and who you are from it. Right. And I can't say that that's something like that has ever happened to me. For me growing up, it was something that was innate in me to want to help people. But I never realized until looking back that like, for me, it was a familial, like, no, you can't be this. No, you can't be that. You have to be this. You have to be this person. Right. Like, And so it was always this natural like front for me to put up this, like, I'm the strong person. I don't know if it was a natural front because I'm an Aries. (laughs) So it was just like, it's just a facade. Right. Like, and then I go cry into my pillow every night. Like, why doesn't anyone love me? Right. So like, and that's the truth, but it wasn't until I chose to like move out of my family's home unmarried and move in with a roommate at like just before my 25th birthday. Like my dad said some choice words. And then a week later I came and I picked a book from his meditation room to start reading. And that kind of relit the spiritual part of me because the one book I'll never forget that made an impact on me was Siddhartha. When I read it in high school, I could not put that book down. Like when I read it, it was like, I was reading my own story. You know, I'm sure if I shared like certain things, like you know, there was moments when I was like 19 and dating and no one teaches an Indian girl how to date, right? Our parents had arranged marriages. So it's like, what was happening on the date? I didn't, I was like, is this what's supposed to happen when someone just like, it's a drive through and someone hops up, not a drive through a <laughs> drive-in movie. <laughs> <laughs> and they just hop on to your side and are like basically dry humping you. And you don't know what's going on, right? Like you've never been on a date. Is this normal? Is this what's supposed to happen? Do I let this guy just do this? Right. I didn't know. These are like the questions going on in my head. Nothing worse happened, thankfully, but it's not until later in life when you're starting to hear about people's traumas and things like that, where I think like, was that, was I violated in that moment? You know, but like, I didn't know any better. Um, I don't know how I got to that point, but like, there's little, I guess, little moments that just add up until you finally are like, okay, I need to start assessing myself and start going through these things in my life. And where do I give too much? Where do I give too little? Why? You know, and it's just a lot of why, why, why. And that move is what kind of sparked it in me. It was that journey of like, why am I here? What am I doing? I got this book and it started reaffirming the things I believed in my heart as far as like, God's always in my heart. I don't have to show my face in a temple. I don't have to show my face in a church. Right. And then applying the things I was reading 
in my everyday life. Now I feel like I'm rambling because I, I feel like I lost the train of thought with the question. <laughs> no, but it was powerful. And I appreciate that you read my book and you could reflect, you know, on my book. And I feel like today we really need to normalize the term trauma because yeah. this term of trauma, people think that you need to go to rape or like domestic violence or something like so horrible to have experienced trauma in your life. But actually traumas are all these aspects of yourself that still feel actually unloved. Yeah, yeah. All these aspects of yourself that ask you more healing and this aspect of yourself are, you know, like the traumas, are the actually the, what happened, you know, like the memory imprint, you know? Yeah. This memory imprint that provoke this emotion inside of you yeah negative emotion so i feel like we should not like honor it like and just accept that yeah traumas can also be you know like this you know like suffering that we feel within you know like i don't know my parents you know like didn't accept me or like didn't allow me to speak my truth like yeah. all these things because this is a trauma too you know yeah Not being able to speak up for yourself this is also a trauma yeah. So now we need to really like see actually this whole like world of trauma. And it's not just, okay, I've been through this and I've been through rape. I've been through like this, like this, like really like messed up stuff. No, because there are so many, so many other things. Just like, for instance, like the way you speak and express, I can feel actually, you know, like the environment you are living in, you know, like this conditioning. Yeah. And for me, this conditioning as well it's you know like this trauma mind control again like trying you know like to put you in a box and yeah. prevent you from really like being the person you have come to be yeah so I feel like this definitely it's also like major you know like into our healing journey mm-hmm. yeah and it's powerful because I love that you're always speaking you know from this guidance and you're always speaking with the spirit and I feel spirit in you I feel, I really like feel it in you mm-hmm. that you are coming from this higher perspective, you know, so everything that you are saying is true because it's coming from this higher perspective, you know, and that's the same thing when it comes to, you know, like acceptance and people accepting us as well. If we're coming from this higher perspective and we just allow this magic, you know, like this flow, this life force, you know, like this genius, this brilliance you know to speak of course we are authentic and we are you know like clear in our message yeah what we need to say to the world so i appreciate this about you so thank you so much for sharing yourself and of course you did respond to my question okay good (laughs) i I know i rambles (laughs) but you know it was beautiful because actually as you were speaking i feel like it was beautiful because in a way as you began to acknowledge more of these aspects of yourself that at one point it didn't click because again, just like Gali mentioned, traumas are not just like these major life or death threatening events. Yeah, Trauma based mind control is actually the society that we were raised in. It's yeah. based on trauma, trauma, you know, and mind control. So yeah. basically we're already born in a traumatic place. I mean, think about yeah. the moment in a Western hospital when you're born, <laughs> I yeah. witnessed my sister's birth coming out and I was just like, wow, I, I was 
I just felt the like gloves, it, I just felt like yeah. it was just the way that they pulled it out. And it, I just feel like it's very forceful. It is. And imagine we were forced to come out of the, I know I was forced to come out of the womb. I didn't want to come out yet. They had to snip my mom a little bit, pull me out. And I feel like that already in itself is trauma. So think oh, about for it. Sure. Already for sure. living in all these conditions. So yeah. it's just because we have normalized giving our power away that it's when we start to awaken to the fact that, wow, I have not been speaking my truth. Yeah. I have been feeling like I have a tape over my mouth and yeah. I'm just living a life that I was told to live. Yeah. That's yeah. That's, that is a huge epiphany. That was definitely a huge epiphany, right? Like that was one of the reasons I ended up going to medical school was because I knew that I was meant to help people and growing up in this country, it's like, well, you become a doctor, right? You're the highest echelon of helping people in this country is you become a doctor. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, fine. When, when athletic training didn't work out the way it was meant to after kinesiology, I worked, I partied, I did all the things. And then I finally was like, you know what? I think I want to go back to school. Like, and then I found myself going back that route. Cause I still was, even though I was on the spiritual journey, I was still a little like lost. Right. Mm -hmm. But even while I was in Aruba, like for the first two years, I got the signs that I needed, that I was meant to be where I was, where I was, I was meant to go through that process and meet the people that I met through the process. Because think about it, right? Each individual, no matter what you've been through in your journey, you have crossed paths with people for a reason, right? At any point in your journey, you can probably remember, regardless of if you were on your conscious spiritual journey or not, you can probably remember where you may have made an impact in someone and they still to this day can text you and be like, you know what? I remember this time when you said this to me and thank you. Right. Like, yeah. so that light was in you, even in those moments before you started that conscious journey that right there just shows like you're put in certain places for a reason. So what, even though med school didn't pan out how I thought it was supposed to pan out, the connections I've made and like the people that still message me randomly, like, you know what, like you've always had this, there's something that when you say it, I believe it. Or when you say it, it resonates. And that's when you know you were being your authentic self, right? Like whether you were consciously aware of it or not, that light came through. Someone asked me recently, like if I have any regrets or if I would do anything over and I wouldn't. Like everything happened exactly how it was supposed to happen. I, yeah. I touched the lives I was supposed to touch and vice versa, right? Like there were people that crossed my path that made an impact on me that wouldn't have happened. Was I not aware of it? You know? Yes. There's no coincidence. And no. that for certain, everything is truly a divine calculation. It's just going to happen. It's divine by design. Uh -huh. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, totally. totally. And with this, you know, with this conversation that we're having, you know, nothing is a coincidence. Everything is by divine design. <laughs> right. And oh, here yeah. we are now, over a year later of this pandemic situation, <laughs> that we were all, you know, as a collective, navigating these yeah. uncertain times and beautiful times as well, because there's been so much exposure 
for all the lies. So I think it's so beautiful and it's impacted all of us. Yeah. All of us have been impacted. And I'm very curious to hear about how has a pandemic like impacted your life, like your life, your, and your career and just your overall wellness. Um, I was just telling my parents earlier, I was like, I feel like 2020 and 2021 are like just one long giant year. <laughs> Cause I look back on like memories and I have to ask myself, wait, was that 2020 or was it earlier this year? <laughs> Because it's almost over, right? 2021 is almost over. Yeah, I was just thinking about that today. Yeah. Um, but in reflection, um, it totally flipped my career around. It forced me to be home even more and actually um, work on the relationship I have with my parents, which, I mean, has never been better. I mean, it for me, as much as it sucks that, like, there's certain restrictions in place or, like, mandate uh, <laughs> like I it forced me to really focus on me and and hone in on the things that I still need to work on on myself like I had to I had to face the mirror still you know just when we think like oh I'm I'm healed I'm doing great things are going wonderful like it's like, no, selfie, take a selfie. You got to keep looking at yourself even deeper. <laughs> it's not over. <laughs> but I was telling someone the other day, January 2020, I had decided for myself that I was going to stay working at 24 Hour Fitness for three years so that I could build a solid clientele here in Sacramento before like, I decided to go independent. And the universe had other plans. So March 2020, it's like, nope, we're going to shut the world down. And in April, I think it was like the end of April, um, when things were still closed, that uh, I had clients reach out, like asking, like, hey, we still want to train with you. Like, is there any way, you know, we'll, we'll go outside at the park or like, you know, whatever. I'm like, okay. And then in June, I got laid off from 24. So I was like, okay, well, clearly I wasn't meant to do this for three years. <laughs> they want me working for myself now. <laughs> so that's, that kind of put me back on that um, independent contractor entrepreneurial path again. And then it was a matter of like, well, am I happy doing this? Do I want to continue doing this? Um, and then in, by the end of 2020, I was like, okay, January, 2021, fully investing in myself. Um, the unemployment that I was getting from getting laid off went right back into my business for buying equipment. I was like, I'm 2021, January, no more unemployment. Like I'm not relying on the government to take care of me anymore. I'm going to just solely focus on me and what I have to offer. And yes. yeah, yeah, sovereignty, baby, self-empowered. Yeah. That. Yeah. And, and still struggling and questioning, you know, like, yeah. but that's part of it, right? Like, you got to make the moves. Like the thing is like there, the universe pushed you out of your comfort zone because you were yeah, about you to, get to get comfortable. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Deep down, you knew it was a long time, but a party was like, but it's all good. You know, I'm going to just, I'm going to be more solid, but no, and in a way that was like the lower self afraid of the big leaps. And then yeah. here comes big 2020 energy knocks you down. Oh yeah. You have no choice, but to, really say, okay, you know what? I'm going to believe in myself. And mm -hmm. now I can't play myself anymore. I gotta, I gotta pull myself out of this and I gotta like really be self-empowered even more. So yeah, so it's great that 
that you're on it. And like you said, you know, there's still challenges or struggles, but yes. the thing is to get started and we learn as we go or else we're never going to know. Yeah. Yeah. Action and work with the energy. Yeah. I think, I think my faith also was like, um, pumped up during it all. Like my faith in spirit, my faith in ancestors and, knowing like I literally a couple months ago was describing because I finally feel this like you know in bowling when they, you let the kids bowl and they put the bumpers so the the bowling ball stays on course like I literally like I was telling my friends like I literally feel like that's what spirit is doing to me now like as much as I want to maybe sometimes deviate from the path like they're the bump spirit and ancestors are like the bumpers in the lane like pushing me back <laughs> like I can't fight it anymore <laughs> they're like you've and taken like, enough detours no stay yeah stay. You're, going, you're hitting those pins now yeah <laughs> and I know you shared a bit about your upbringing and your family but I would love you to you know talk more about what was it to grow up in an Indian American family Ooh, <laughs> you've got good questions there Galia <laughs> always on top (laughs) (laughs) um it was a struggle Uh, it wasn't easy like you know you've got parents I don't know where the struggle started either right like my grandparents are from India but at some point they ended up in Fiji so both my parents are born in Fiji right and then you have them migrating here to the U.S. and they met here in the U.S. and then they had me and my brother right um they had an arranged marriage and obviously like unless we take the time to understand our parents past we don't know what's happened in their life before we were born right except for like the little snippets they may tell us but growing up here it was a struggle in the sense of they had their traditions and ideals that they brought with them because of the way they were raised and when they got married that's how they wanted their children to be raised but what what the struggle was is that you're raising Indian kids in, in, in a whole new country with other cultures and other races and, you know, ethnicities. So it's like, here we are. And I'm so grateful for Sacramento because it's always been very diverse. Like my elementary school was like all walks of life. Right. And um, so I grew up in that. And then it's like, well, I want, you know, that was up until sixth grade. And then in junior high, they moved us to an area called Granite Bay, which is more like uppity and like the money and, you know, the school was not as diverse. So then I'm the one that stands out like a sore thumb, whereas, (laughs) whereas I blended in, in elementary school. Right. But now I'm the, like one of three Brown kids at the school at a junior high. Um, And on top of that, my style was so different because I came from Sacramento, right? Like the baggy clothes, the like of the like mid nineties, the nineties. Yeah. yeah. And then like, here I am in this school where like people like, I think all of a sudden it was like the tighter jeans were coming in, like the wide leg and the, like those kinds of clothing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, here we are, we're a immigrant family where my parents finally earned enough money to move because they wanted to have the better school district and the, the nice neighborhood. Right. But they're struggling to make it there just for us to have a good education. Right. And here, what they don't see is that 
we're getting picked on because we're not from that area. Like we didn't grow up with the money. Right. So it's like, I don't get the like hundred dollar Nikes. I don't get, you know what I mean? So it's like, I get the parents wanting to offer a better education and a better environment to learn and grow. But at the same time, they don't know the struggles me and my brother were going through in a, in a new environment where there's no diversity or the lack of funds to keep up, right. Keeping up with the Joneses is in this, in that sense, Mm. but that's like the American ideal, right. Comparing ourselves to who we're going to school with. And Mm. then, and this is one thing I will say, birthday wishes do come true. (laughs) I made, I had two birthdays in Granite Bay and both birthdays, I blew out the candles and I wished for us to move back to the house I'm in right now. Um, because it wouldn't sell this house wouldn't sell they ended up having to rent it out um and they ended up selling that house and we moved back here and then i went to high school and one of the most diverse high schools here in sacramento so like birthday wishes do come true i will say that if it's really from here and you want it like it'll happen (laughs) um but then high school happened right so now high school i mature i've you know um puberty has hit got the boobs, got the, you know, the exotic look going on. So now it's like, they want to shelter me. (laughs) No more baggy pants. (laughs) No more baggy pants for you. No more. Yeah. And, um, it's, then it became, well, you can't, you can do sports, but as soon as sports are done, you come home. Like you don't get to go hang out with friends afterwards. Like you're a young girl, you're an Indian, you're Indian, you don't can't have sex. If you have sex and get pregnant, like you're, you're going to be disowned by your grandfather and your father. And so it's all like fear-based, um, coercion of like why you shouldn't be having sex. Right. Or why you shouldn't be dating boys and just focus on school. And so it was a very sheltered life in, in high school. And, and, but then you're struggling with like, how do you explain to your friends why you can't hang out with them? Right. So like all of high school was just arguing and arguing arguing in this house like why can't I go bowling or why can't I love how bowling keeps coming in on this but (laughs) (laughs) like you can't you know like after prom we the one of the things was to go bowling and it's like I was the limo had to come drop me home because I wasn't allowed to go after prom right like but I got to go to prom you're lucky you got to go to prom Ronnie like (laughs) so it was it was a lot of struggle in the dynamic the parent child dynamic at the same time I was blessed, right? I had two parents that loved and cared about me and wanted me to do well and and take care of me. And there were people that didn't have that in high school. So it's like hindsight's 2020, right? In the moment, it's like, oh, I hate my life. Why do, why are you guys like this? You know, and like arguing and arguing. But then I had it easy, right? Compared to some other kids. Like maybe they didn't have that love and support at home. Maybe they didn't have two parents at home providing a roof over their heads and you know so it's perspective in the moment it sucked it was a struggle it was always a battle and then when I hit turned 21 it was like you can't say nothing I'm legally allowed to be in bars like I'm gonna be home at two <laughs> and then I kind of just was like F it <laughs> yeah yeah I feel you completely on that especially like when it comes to living in two cultures yeah and- like first generation, like child of immigrants, and then, you know, how to basically assimilate and actually like 
your parents don't ever understand you because they're always going to compare. Well, back, you know, in my country, mm-hmm. and I don't know why you guys like, it's so hard for you to do. Anything. Yeah. yeah. It's like, and it's, it's just a different timeline, you know? Yeah. And I feel like going back to, to like eighties babies, right. Mm-hmm. We were born in this generation where we got to see the rise of technology, like the beginning. Yes. Yes. Ooh, I got chills when you said that. Yeah. Yes. And our parents, for instance, if they were born in the fifties and the sixties, they didn't have that. So like, of course, like our generation right now, everyone who's an adult, right. And especially like a little bit before the millennials and then going into the millennial generation and so forth, we're dealing with different, a a whole different lifestyle. I mean, like we've been seeing so many changes and this is with everything. I mean, even just again, going back to, you know, Western medicine and Ayurveda. I mean, Ayurveda is ancient. It's knowledge of the self. And then we have something new like Western medicine. And then now all of a sudden, now we're going back again into acknowledging the ancient practices and ancient medicine and now expanding on it. So it's just very powerful, powerful times. I would love to go back actually uh, to the topic of Ayurveda. And I would love for you to share with us how we can heal our overall health, you know, through the science of Ayurveda, mm. like integrating that. Um, I will respond to that, but talking about how you said, like we had ancient medicine and we go to Western medicine and then coming back to ancient medicine. When I started undergrad in, when did I graduate? 2001. I literally, was so science and research based. There was so much that my mom would say home remedy wise that was based in Ayurvedic practices that I would be like, no, no, mom, like you can't use that stuff. Or what's turmeric going to do for you? You know, like I blah, blah, blah. Like I was on the complete opposite side of what I would learn um, years later. <laughs> and then uh, spirituality is actually what shifted me um, towards ancient medicine again, uh, or opened my mind to it, I guess you could say. Uh, because what I realized was Ayurveda, specifically, when I took the course, answered all my internal questions about the things I experienced in childhood, adolescence, even in my early twenties, like when it came to, for example, like spicy foods, like that's the best example I like to give people being Indian. People are always like, what? You don't like spicy food. Why you're Indian. And I'm like, what, what does that have anything to do with spicy food or not? Like, I don't want hot sauce because I, I sweat and I like, it hits me way harder. Right. Like it hits me so strong. And then when I took the Ayurveda course and I learned about like Vata, Pitta, Kapha, and then realized I was Pitta dominant, I was like, oh my God, this makes so much sense. Like, no wonder I don't like spicy because it hits me like that because I have too much of the fire element in me already. And so when, when Ayurveda started answering the questions or the things I would contemplate on about myself, I was like, oh, okay, there's, there's some, this shit is deep, right? This goes back to exactly what the word breaks down to. I do meaning life and Veda meaning knowledge. 
And so Ayurveda is the knowledge of life and who are you and what are you, but life itself. Right. So it's going, it's, it's, it's a process of self-healing. It's a process of understanding who you are and why you are the way you are. Um, Or what are the things that aggravated you, right? Like when you have an understanding of what your natural constitution is, you know, what works to keep it in balance and you know, what works or what works against it. Right. Um, I'm guilty right now. Halloween was just a week ago. So we have Halloween candy and, and sweet pacifies pitha, right. But it's supposed to be like fruit sweet, not this sugar sweet, (laughs) but it's there, right. But it's there. But then what happens? I eat, I eat the sugar sweet, right. (laughs) To pacify my pitha. And then three days later, because I've had so much sugar, now my kapha is aggravated because I've got all the phlegm happening in my throat, right? Mm. But like, because I have that knowledge and understanding, I can explain it for myself. And I know I did it to myself, right? I know it's the sugar that aggravated me. And if I stop eating it, my, I won't have the phlegm anymore. And the other thing I love about this ancient knowledge is that it really just, it mimics nature. So like, the simplest thing someone can do is just eat, eat with the seasons, right? Yes. That's the simplest thing someone can do. Fall hits and I want my oatmeal. Like it's warm and it's liquid and it keeps me satisfied and satiated uh, for hours actually um, until dinner time. And then summer comes and I get, you know, the pitta gets aggravated quickly because it's summer and it's hot. So what I want the ice cream, I'm not going to lie. It's sweet and cold, (laughs) but you know, watermelon, the cold crisp fruits, right. That's going to pacify the pitta in the summertime. Like you, you eat with what's in season. And, and I think if people forget we are nature, right. I don't know when humans forgot that we were. Cause we got to screens. I mean, it's definitely increased that. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But it's interesting um, what you were saying about 80s babies. You know what I love about us 80s babies is that we have a sense and appreciation for old, old ways, traditional ways, the healthy ones. Yes, the healthy ones. <laughs> um, but we also were able to keep up with because uh, technology was introduced as we were like, what? in high school or junior high and onward, like we're able to also embrace it and learn it and to be able to be there for the parents that didn't. Right. Like I, I have a really soft spot in my heart for the older adult community right now. I have a, I have a client that's um, she's a post-stroke client who lives uh, she's in a wheelchair, but she lives in an independent 65 and over independent living place. But what I realized during COVID is they really with shutting the hospitals down or like going to more virtual appointments and stuff, they're not looking out for that demographic at all because that demographic is not learned in usernames, passwords, um, and things like that. So like they're used to the telephone, you call the doctor, right? Telephone, um, going and seeing the doctor in person. And at this point, like they're not allowed to go in the hospital, right. Or go into their clinic. And she's been getting the turnaround because she's, there's certain things she wants to look up, but they're like, well, you have an online profile. You need to go on your online profile and look up your lab results there. And it's like, do you know how old she is? And she's a post-stroke, like you're not actually making this user-friendly for her in any way, shape or form. 
you know? So like, I've got a soft spot in my heart for that demographic because there's no one there to help them, especially if they don't have like younger people around. Like she's single, never been married, doesn't have children. So like, she's kind of on her own. So like, I try to help her with what I can, but it just shows the flaws in our system. You know, like it doesn't take into account everyone, uh, especially now with the, what's happening in the world, like trying to get everyone in this digital space, but it's like, not everyone fits that digital space. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, although it's great to take advantage of the digital space because it's more expansive and we can connect like right now we're connecting. Yes. Yes, exactly. Not in the same room. So that's great, but it will never beat a real life connection in person and having this experience. Yeah. Yeah. And I want you to tell us more about your self-love sessions because I've seen some testimonials about it and I'm really curious about you explaining what it is about and how I can people connect with you and reach out to you and start these sessions with you. Okay. So what I've learned from doing it for like almost two years now is that it's really a six week, like transformational boot camp in the sense of the first three weeks is just solely on the mind. And then week four is the body and week five is connecting to the soul. So it's a mind, body, soul program Uh, but it's not for the faint of heart. Like it's literally like, I'm going to force you to hold a mirror to yourself and you're going to have to face some stuff. And if it, if you're not ready to face that, like it probably isn't for you. Like it's truly when someone's ready to do the work that it works for them. Yeah, definitely. It's like when someone's ready to look in the mirror and do the work, then of course. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. will obviously happen because yeah. the person is willing and ready. Exactly. Um, but yeah, for me, the reason I started with the mind, because when I created it, that's just how it like flowed out. Um, I've always, always, when I look back at my own journey, it started here. Where I started doing the work was in here. So that's like, it only felt right to start there with the program. Um, because I truly, truly believe once you have the at least grasp and awareness to be able to start shifting in here, um, you start seeing it uh, everywhere in life. Mm, that's beautiful. And I love it because it's true. It starts with awareness because mm-hmm. once we have this epiphany, right? At first, maybe we think it's an epiphany. And then we have this moment, this wow, the aha moment. Mm-hmm. And from there, this is where we are now contemplating our next steps. Okay. You know what? Like, I'm really feeling like I need to change my life, but I feel like we still need a few more little hints and and clues. And then bam, that's like the second step is like, it's physical, right? This is where we take action and that can look however it's going to look like for the individual. And I love how, and obviously like you bring in this, like the spirit part and Mm -hmm. and the connection, which is beautiful because I, I love that process because it's true. It's like mental, from there taking it physical and then from there again like feeling connected to our mm-hmm. self again yeah and the power within us i think that's beautiful thank you yes and this leads me to ask you where can our listeners find you and your work online um my instagram is ranjitasing.md 
And the link to my website is also on there, but my website is ranjithasing.com. Beautiful. And I'll have that. We'll both have that on the link below on the show notes. So you guys can go ahead and just search on the show notes and we'll have the links there to find her Instagram and her website. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And before thank you for having me. Yeah. Before we end, actually, do you have a last message or something that you want to leave our listeners with? Ooh, a last message. Let's see what comes through. (laughs) Um, Trust yourself. Trust yourself. Have patience Mm -hmm. with yourself and trust yourself because as long as you wake up with breath each day, there's a reason you're on a journey and there's a reason. So regardless of what happens in the day, just keep going. Or as Dory, as Dory likes to say, just keep swimming. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) You have a breath. You're here for a reason. I love this. And it also reminds me of, you know, your sessions and how you start your sessions by, you know, like the mind level and is breaking through these negative patterns first, the mind limitations. So as we get through these negative patterns, you know, as we get through, you know, like our own lack of self-worth, then we can move mountains for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Trust, you know, like this inner calling, we trust ourselves more than anything. And this is powerful that it just came up because, yeah, we need to say it. Yeah. yeah. Thank and you it's- so much. Oh yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. I was just going to say like it for me with the self-love sessions, it's, it's all about simplicity. I think in the world that we're in right now, everything is so complicated because there's like this way or that way or this way, you know, and you're constantly being what's the word herded in so many different directions. And it's just each week just builds on itself. And it's just, it's simplicity. Um, It's simple, right? Things are very simple, but we've allowed it to complicate beautiful and this is actually how we know when something is real and true for us it's simple because it's not going to be rocket science it's Mm -hmm. always going to be plain and simple that we actually don't see it because we're like you said raised in a world that is overly complicated that we think that the answer is so hard to get but it's actually always in front of us and it's always been inside of us we just yep think that oh it's too simple it can't be that simple (laughs) it really is (laughs) and again like is bringing back this presence you know like this consciousness into our life just like being present and I feel like sometimes you know like some people get it wrong when it comes to mindfulness and they think that you know like mindful like the word mindful like no you're not in the mind when you are mindful like (laughs) present you are in your body actually you know yeah you are conscious of your surroundings you are conscious of yourself and this is true mindfulness yeah and and i feel like we are missing this because not everything is too much in the mind like we need to intellectualize everything that we're living everything that we're living okay this happens because of this of this no because maybe it just happens because it had to happen and that's it that's yeah. it there's no, yeah. reason. there's no reason like it just happens it it just is you know and yeah. just, it's like this universe you know like everything nature it just is I mean a tree doesn't question you know why am I alive you know like yes. the tree is 
Yes. And I had like this deep reflection, you know, years ago, and I was contemplating this tree and I was just like thinking, I think too much, you know, like this old pattern, the philosopher pattern, you know, like I think, you know, that's for that's why, you know, like I am, I think. No, like you are because you just are. That's yeah. Like, it's just it's not it's as simple and my motto each morning is that I pledge to be who I am mm. and just by me saying I pledge to be who I am is actually bring me back to what is essential and yes. what is essential for me and who is Galia Galia at the core who who is she yeah and I want this Galia every single day and as I can like just remember this like it allows me to just like just like break through like all negative patterns and just like okay remembering the essential this is this like this heart you know like center path this yes. like this abundance and I love the fact that like you are actually thriving with your business because I love this because this is just you know like who you have came to be into this world to be <laughs> sovereign and powerful and not depend on anyone. And I love this. I love all the topic of this podcast. Oh, yeah. It was such a great pleasure to connect with you and to be with your energy and to feel into your energy and your journey. Oh, so likewise, you- likewise. I mean, um, your guys' journey is like incredible. <laughs> well, thank you. And actually, I wanted to say also this, that I want to take this time to really thank you, just as Galia said, for showing up. And being yourself and breaking, you know, doing this job every single day and continuing to become more aware of these negative patterns that aren't you. And Mm. every single day devoting yourself to this path to becoming a greater version than you were yesterday because it takes devotion. Yeah. And I can see it because I know that just like myself, you're always like innovating yourself, like you're always reinventing yourself, but you're always coming back to the core of who you are. And I can see that every time, like when you peel these layers and (laughs) go full circle and, you know, really like come face to face with these aspects of yourself and make peace with them. It's like, you can feel this energetic shift. Yeah. I want to take this time to appreciate your journey. Oh, thank you. For the beautiful souls that you are helping Thank you. And for the work that you're doing and for expanding wisdom, like expanding on knowledge and using this wisdom that you share with us and for being a part of the evolution of human consciousness. Thank you for being here. Oh, I want to hug you guys. I wish I was there to hug you guys. (laughs) You will. You got to come to Mexico. I know I do. I do need to come out there. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I always love chatting with both of you. Like, it's just it's always a high frequency conversation. And I appreciate those because it's not just receiving, it's a a dual giving and receiving. And thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked the episode, please take a screenshot and share on social media. Stay tuned for our next episode with another amazing special guest.